Hey guys, welcome back. Believe it or not, we also have another friend that lives in Nashville, besides the one we already interviewed, Travis Dykes. Um, this week, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, yes. we've got Brandon Marion joined us. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for quite a few years, and uh, he's a very good acoustic guitar player and some other instruments you'll find out about today. Welcome to The Convo with Kurt and Colton, where we talk about music, life, and reality. I'm Kurt. And I'm Colton. This, this is, is The Convo. convo. to tell everybody who we have in the podcast studio today all the way from now nashville tennessee formerly is it is it nashville right formerly atlanta yeah nashville smyrna okay (laughs) nobody knows where smyrna is at. yeah it's on the outskirt a little bit from the suburbs of nashville tennessee there you go mr brandon marin all right give him a hand thanks What's up, Brandon? How are you doing? Good. How are y'all? We're good. Happy to be here. Excited. Thanks for having me on. Welcome to 2021. Happy to be in 2021 also. We made it out. Excited. It's going to be a good year. And we figured we'd start this year off right, bring in our favorite acoustic guitarist on the planet. Yep. Man. Favorite. He's been on several of our albums. High praise. He has been. And... I guess the first one he was on was back in 2017, probably, with the Christmas album. No, I don't think that he one? was on that. Where's sure. the first time you played with this? I think the first time I played with the church mm-hmm. was... Um, was it the live album? This place? This place, yeah. So with that, right. Okay, so that was still 2018, I guess. With that project. Yeah, 2018. So, the, But the first time that I actually met you and we worked together was at... James Wilson's recording. Yep. I I had known of you. All your... Yeah, Colton's quite famous. All your sweet yeah. uh, social media posts. <laughs> yeah. He's quite famous. And what... Um, I think I told you this when I was there, but what really blew my mind was, like, even on some of the songs that weren't acoustic heavy, mm-hmm. he knew the songs better than, like, anyone. Like, he was... <laughs> like, every chord for chord, yeah. like, that really blew my mind because Kurt knows I'm not, like, a big acoustic player. Yeah. And... So, like, if I know it's not going to be, like, cutting through in the mix heavy, I'm not going to take the time to, like, really dial it in. But if you go in and, like, this, I can, if you listen to this next album that's about to come out mm-hmm. for James and you buy the stems, mm-hmm. which we preach against here on the combo. Yeah. But if you buy the stems. stems and solo them out, like, you'll hear what I'm talking about because yeah. it was really impressive. I think the reason is, well, first of all, I'm an over-preparer by nature. <laughs> so, more practice is better for me. Um, I also don't want to look dumb, so there's that. Yeah. But I think the thing is, I just don't get as many gigs as you guys, so I have a lot more time <laughs> to practice. Is that right? Is that what it is? I think so. No, I think you get more than me. <laughs> I've been knowing Brandon for many years. I can't remember when I first met you, but, you know. I was under 18. I know that. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, how old are you? I am 29. I'll be 30 this year in May. Wow. Gotcha. I've known you for twelve, more than 12 years. Yeah. That's well, crazy. we know each other from Atlanta West. Yeah. So... What was what was first, How Sweet the Sound one, mm-hmm. or the event we did at Catalyst Conference one year? Um, I think How Sweet the Sound one. I think first. so because I think the Catalyst stuff came from How Sweet the Sound. So I didn't play on the first How Sweet the Sound mm-hmm. because I was too young. I was under eighteen. You right. had to be at least eighteen to play. Wow. So, but like I definitely knew you then. Might have known you even a little bit before that. Did you go to Good Morning America? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the second round. Yeah. And so I I was able to play on the second round. I played electric guitar, consequently enough. <laughs> Don't go listen to those stems if they, <laughs> if they exist. Um, and so, yeah, we've known known each other for a long time. Good guy. You know, do you know he plays drums? I didn't know that. He can play drums like good. 
Like, and he can sing, and he can write songs. Yeah, man. You have an out. You have an EP out, right? Yeah. So, I did an EP uh, with Joe Salamita and Vanquish Studios back in 2015. Wow. So it's been a while. And then since then, I've only done a single. So okay, those are kind of my two my We're two for you original to do more things music this year. All right. Yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to finance it, I'm all in. We have home studios. Now. Maybe we could do like fifty fifty. Okay. Yeah, we just, well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Anyone it, wants to sew into Brandon Marin? Big announcements happen on the Brandon Marin Music on Instagram. Yeah, Brandon Marin Music. Um, Brandon Marin on Facebook. I have a Brandon Marin Music. I try to post stuff too. I haven't really been too too much on social media recently, though, um, for one reason or another. Um, but uh, yeah, I try to. I try to keep a presence there at least update on big stuff and uh try to stay stay with what's what's going on in other people's lives and then try not to get sucked into all the other junk so exactly but yeah brandon mary music on instagram brandonmarymusic.com is probably like where you can go and there's links to everything on there and uh again i i probably don't keep it as updated as i should but um, everything, at least from the last single, which has been a little bit, but is on there and there's links and everything. So so where are you from originally? So I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, I never knew that. Um, yeah, I didn't live there very long. Uh, I think I was less than a year old and we moved to Savannah, Georgia. Wow. Lived in Savannah for a few years, lived in Tampa, Florida for a few years. And then when I was... Uh, I just turned 12 around that time. It was the summer. Um, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. So like I was 11 going on 12 and I was like going into the youth group when we moved to Atlanta. So, and then I just moved to Nashville just a little over a year ago now. So I spent probably 16 or so years mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So I feel like I'm kind of from Atlanta. I was more raised there and not at this point lived in Atlanta longer than any other, any other place. Um, so I, I kind of feel like I'm from Atlanta, but definitely from the South at least. <laughs> yeah. Paula Dean. <laughs> um, so tell us a little about your family because I don't even, Colt, do you know, you know, he's like, tell us about your dad. Just tell him. You'll see in a second. What? Where yeah, he's just, from? Well, yeah. Where yeah. So, so my mom's from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is from Columbia, South America. So I'm oh. a, I'm a good 50, 50 mixed breed. Yeah. Um, uh, I never yeah. knew he was Colombian until like a little while. Is that where Julian's from? Yeah, yeah. That's why me and well, Julian, random. Me and Julian <laughs> so, are yeah. are primos because yeah. we're both from Colombia, <laughs> so we have that special bond. I actually think your wife's brother made fun of me one time because he he was like acting like I was too white to be from Colombia. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and I I am pretty white. <laughs> uh, I think I have more Louisville in me than than Colombia, but yeah. yeah so I'm fifty fifty, and um. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing. I like I like appreciate my Colombian roots. Arroz con pollo. See, okay. Yeah, I I'd like to go visit one day, but I've never been. I wanted to. I don't know if it's when the world opens back. Yeah, I don't think it's safe over there right now. Yeah, you know, I like to live on the edge. Not really. So tell us, do you have kids? Married? I am. Um, I'm married to my wonderful wife Megan. Um, and we got married on March the 16th in 2013. So this year will be eight years. Mm. Is my math right? Yes. Um, yeah, we'll celebrate eight years being married in March. Um, and eight years has flown by. It doesn't seem that long. But um, we've been married for eight years, and we have two children. My son Baylor is four, and he'll be five and start kindergarten this year, which is nuts. And my daughter's name is Ellen, and she'll be three in April. And my wife is expecting another little baby. We're expecting. Congratulations. Uh, Is this the first announcement of it? Um, Does anyone know? Yeah, I mean, this this might as well be the first announcement. Uh, Because Kurt didn't even know. I I put it on the gram, and he didn't know. He has you blocked still. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. Do I follow you? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and hit that follow back button. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're expecting a, a baby in in May on May thirty first, which is my birthday. So we might wow. share a birthday, and we should figure out the gender um, here soon in the next couple of weeks. So we're excited. We're prepping for that baby number three. We're excited, uh, a little scared, but mostly excited. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I did meet Baylor at the recording. He's an awesome little guy. How did you get into music? Yeah, I've always uh, I've always liked music and kind of been musical and had an interest in music as for as long as I can remember. Uh, Kurt was mentioning drums. Drums, I consider drums my first instrument, like all the way back to like just beating on like pots and pans and stuff. Um, and then I got my first little like toy drum set when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, there's a Christmas picture of me. I don't know. I'm I'm like a toddler and I have like a little drum machine, you know, it's got like the little rubber rubber buttons and it has the plastic mallets. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I've always been around music and enjoyed that. Got my first little drum set when I was younger and got my first real drum set, a uh, Yamaha stage custom that's still in my, Ooh. in my parents' basement. I actually was just talking to my, my mom the other day and told her as soon as I have like a spot where I can set that up, I'm going to come get it. Um, but I got that, and and yeah, so I've played drums for for as long as I can remember, really. Um, and then in church, kind of like children's ministry age, I, I started singing and sang in church and kids' choirs and music, musicals and things like that. Um, and the guitar is actually the, the last instrument I started playing. I started playing guitar in eighth grade, um, so probably when I was about 13. And, um, and so I've always— How did you learn how to play guitar? So um, it, was, it was funny because in my eighth grade chorus class, we moved to Atlanta between my seventh and eighth grade year. So in 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 uh, in Florida, I was in chorus and they had like a really good chorus program. It was like super organized and they had events and concerts and like it was it was well put together. And I liked it a lot. You know, I, I sang and did the whole chorus thing. I was in a show choir. So mm-hmm. that's like when you sing and do like hand motions. Yes, so it. that was cool. If you can find those pictures, those are worth, uh, <laughs> those are worth looking we'll at. We'll be looking. Blue sequin vest and everything. Mm-hmm. So I liked, I liked, uh, I liked choir a lot, um, chorus. And we moved to, um, to Georgia and I enrolled like in chorus in, in my school there, uh, in Georgia. And the, the programs were completely different. Like, they didn't do anything like they had like one concert a year. It was like the Christmas concert. And we started practicing for the Christmas concert, like a few weeks out. <laughs> and other than that, it was just like kind of a free for all class. People like went outside and threw the football, like yeah. you just did whatever. So I remember we were in chorus class one day and the chorus teacher opened up the closet and there was like a bunch of guitars in the closet. Like most of them were kind of like the cheaper, small, like uh nylon string guitars. But there, she had a couple of like just decent starter guitars, like six string, um, good starter guitars. And so I remember asking her like, hey, we're not doing anything, you know, like, you mind if we play those guitars? And she was like, yeah, that's cool. Sounds great. Like, I'll write a couple chords on the on the whiteboard that you can practice. So that's where I first started playing guitar. Wow. And then I kind of like was like, this is cool. And we had just moved to a new city. So like, I didn't have any friends, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have much to do. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And so I told my parents, you know, I was interested in guitar. And so they bought me like a, a cheap Squire Strat starter kit, you know, that comes with everything. Um, 150 bucks. Yeah, like for everything down to a pack of plastic picks, um, amp and all. So that yeah. tells you how the quality was. But uh, so I and I just started like playing guitar. Like I probably played guitar hours a day, literally, because I didn't have anything else to wow. do. Um, and so it was like a it was like a perfect, you know, timing thing for me. Um, so I started playing guitar when I was about 13. And uh, and then when we moved to Atlanta, got plugged in at Atlanta West and like started playing in youth band. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, started like playing and singing in in our youth group in Atlanta. Started leading worship, things like that. Uh, my youth pastor, brother Brad Fain, really pushed me to like lead worship, uh, even though he knew it was like out of my comfort zone. Uh, he really pushed me to lead worship. So I led there for several years and then started leading in the main service. And um, it's just everything's kind of grown. God's, you know, kind of opened doors and given me the opportunity to just be a part of different stuff. Um, I would definitely consider myself more of like a shy, like reserved person, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've always certainly felt more comfortable leading worship than like any other thing. Uh, I've I've done some like events or contests or things like that here and there. And I'm just like, my nerves like aren't, aren't made for that. Like, I, I don't know why I get so nervous. and uh, But leading worship has always been pretty comfortable for me. And uh, so I, I enjoy doing that. But yeah, I've, I've been around music my whole life. And it's just kind of always been a part. It's interesting because neither one of my parents are really musical. Uh, my dad sings a little bit, but like none of my parents play instruments. Um, 
But like my cousin and uncle, multiple uncles play multiple instruments and stuff. So there's music in my family. But as far as my immediate family, um, not really. My sister really doesn't do anything musically. So uh, I guess I just got got blessed with with some of those yeah, talents and opportunities. So, so I did see some of your guitars that you had at the recording. Um, what are you playing right now? So my main my main acoustic guitar is a Martin Triple O twenty eight, and uh, I probably can't even tell you what all that means, but that's uh the it's good the style it is and that guitar is was a blessing um a good friend of mine um i I believe bought that guitar used he kind of like buys and sells guitars and just kind of he's a collector he likes he likes having them and trying them and playing different ones and he he bought that guitar uh used and had it for a little bit and he sold it to me uh for a price that i believe we kind of agreed like we would never say right. <laughs> um, yeah. because he's like, he essentially was like, look, I want, I want you to be able to tell people you bought it from me. Like, I don't right. want, you know, I don't want you to feel like, Oh, this was just like a, a giveaway, you know, or whatever. He's like, you know, tell people you bought it from me, uh, which was just super cool of him. And just right. like, um, I think just kind of, uh, it, that's his personality. He, you know, he's just, he, he's, he's generous. He's a good guy. He takes care of people. So he sold it to me for a ridiculously low amount. Um, and that was the only reason I could like ever have or afford a guitar like that, especially several years. I mean, I've probably had that guitar somewhere around 10 years now, maybe not wow. quite 10 years, but it's been a while. And I certainly couldn't have afforded like a guitar like that, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Um, but it was just a blessing. And, um, and so that's that's my main guitar. That's the guitar I've played, you know, with the longest. And I love it because it's super versatile, uh, whether it's like contemporary stuff or if you're playing like more gospel stuff or whatever. It's just it's super versatile. It sounds good um, in any of those settings. So, um, yeah, so I got lucky with that. Uh, that's that's my that's my number one. And then uh, the same guy um, had a Gibson J45 standard. And I borrowed it just to kind of try it out. Like I said, he had probably, you know, a couple more acoustics at home. So I didn't necessarily need another guitar. So he was like, yeah, you can borrow it, you know, check it out. And uh, I've, I've borrowed it for a few years now. <laughs> so, so I have that guitar. And Hopefully he had, won't listen to this and remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I text him. <laughs> I, I probably haven't done it in a while, but I, I've texted him time and time again. I was like, man, let me know when you want your guitar back. Like. Um, but yeah, that's a nice guitar. I like the J45 cause it's really different than the Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good compliment. Like if there's something I want, it's, it's real snappy, like it cuts through better. So like on fast upbeat stuff, um, it cuts through really good. It's like trebly and just like real, real rhythm. It's like almost like you're playing a rhythm instrument, you know, kind of at the same time, it's just real snappy and has those, uh, dynamics in it. Um, so it's a good, like, it's a good compliment to the Martin. And, um, I like having, having that and playing that every once in a while. And then I bought when I moved to Nashville. So about a year ago, um, I didn't own my own electric guitar. I've owned a few electric guitars that were like cheaper and I've sold, bought and sold them. Um, but I, I broke down and bought a nice uh, American Fender telly. And so I have a telly too. So what color is it? It is sunburst okay. with a rosewood neck. So I like that a lot. Um, and I've been playing a lot of electric guitar. Um, I go to church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at Centerpoint Apostolic Church. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been playing a lot of electric guitar at church, which, I, awesome. which I enjoy because I, I play rhythm electric guitar. I'm, not, I'm no lead player. Um, but so it's similar to acoustic. You know, I approach things uh, similarly, but obviously the tones are different in effects and, you know, the way you go about um, the songs, you know, are going to be a little different based on the instrument. So I enjoy being able to play electric and hopefully get better at that. So I remember traveling, um, you know, we used to go with Ryan and you were the first acoustic player that I saw that had a pedal board. Mm. So, you know, I was actually very impressed by that. Yeah. So if, tell everybody what's, what's your acoustic rig setup? Man, <laughs> honestly... I think the reason I think the reason I got 
a pedal. And like looking back, like it obviously was like a lot more valuable than like serving the small problem I had at the time. Mm-hmm. I think I remember in this right. But like, so that, that Martin we were talking about, it doesn't have like a, it doesn't have like a battery or anything in it. So I guess it's considered like passive maybe if mm-hmm. I'm saying the right word. Yeah. Um, so like certain, like if you um, certain times when you plug it in and unplug it, it will like pop. And so I was trying to solve that problem because it's not like, oh, the, you know, the system's on, it pops when you unplug it. Like it's something to do with like the power in, in the guitar or whatever. So I was trying to put something in between my guitar and the direct box that would like not, that would take that problem away. So I think I tried a tuner or maybe it was the tuner I was using and it would pop coming out of the tuner or it would pop when I would engage the tuner. So it was super weird. Like when I would turn the tuner on to tune, it would be a little popping noise in the house, which obviously is like terrible, right. you know? Cool. So, and so it was really to solve that problem. And so I went to using a Fishman preamp. Mm-hmm. And so it serves as like a direct box. Um, and it's got some onboard controls, like some EQ stuff. It's got some, uh, some imaging stuff in it, which is cool. So I, I, uh, I started using that to solve that problem, to put like some kind of power in between my, you know, between my guitar and the line. And so that solved the problem. So I had my tuner and I had this preamp now, which like I said, the preamp, you know, definitely adds a lot more value than just, you know, like taking a pop away. Like it, it, it gives it good tone and uh, allows you some onboard control and stuff. It's got like a little compressor on it. Um, and then uh, finally, and it took me way too long to do this, but like leading worship, it's so nice to be wireless and not like tripping around yeah. in my, uh, in all of my wires, uh, especially like being out front. So I finally invested in wireless guitar and wireless ear setup. So on my That's pedal nice. board, I have um, I have my Fishman preamp. I have the um, the wireless guitar receiver. So it's a it's a sure wireless system, but it's got like the stomp box kind of look, and uh, it serves as like the tuner and the wireless receiver. So I just have all that mounted on a on a board just for convenience more than anything. I can take it out of the little case, put it down, plug the XLR in and I'm, and I'm good to go. So, um, yeah, it, That's it, a nice rig. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily thought out or, you know, planned too well. It just kind of turned into what it is and it, it solves all the problem problems that I've run into and it's super convenient for me. So now that you're playing more electric in services, um, what rig are you using for that? Yeah. So when I, uh, when I played electric, like back in the day and we had at Atlanta West, you know, like, I had some gear, my friends had some gear, the church had some gear, you know, so it was kind of like just community gear. <laughs> yeah. And we pieced all of our stuff together and and had like a pedal board and we would mm-hmm. share it kind of thing. And so like back in the day, I'd bought some individual effect pedals. And so, um, so I still have some of those, but um, so I've always been to this point, like the individual pedal kind of mm-hmm. guy. Um and that I've started down that road and I would buy a Kemper probably, but I just hadn't pulled the trigger. I thought about it really closely recently, but, uh, but didn't. So I, um, I have some individual pedals, just, just your basic, um, basic effects like overdrive. So I, I have the JHS morning glory, yeah, uh, with the little red remote. So mm-hmm. the little foot switch where you can kind of give it some extra crunch. So I use that for like a, just like a good, like, um, you know, kind of medium overdrive. And then if I engage that red switch can be real, you know, real uh, distortion-y if I need that. So I have that just for like a, a overdrive. I have a couple of delay pedals, uh, chorus pedal, um, just, you know, just more basic effects uh, to just kind of get the the rhythm stuff. Like I said, I don't play really too much lead. So uh, I did just buy the Pog though, which is kind of like a staple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, pogs are great, and I—I I mean, there's—I don't know, there might be some stuff that can emulate them, but a pog is a pog. That's so. the one. Like I on my pedal board downstairs, I have two overdrives, but I have a pog as well. In my opinion, the Kemper doesn't really do a good job of it. Yeah, it's just cool to have. I don't use it very much, but yeah, it's um, it it definitely helps in lead stuff. It's mm-hmm. you know, single note stuff, although. I've heard some applications of it and you can play full chords through it and it kind of gives it like a little bit of an organ sound, which right. is kind of cool. Especially um, with the chorus pedal. Probably. Yeah. So it, it's good. got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of applications and it's just a great pedal. So and do you I run all that, that through the board. Do you run all that through an amp or? 
No. Uh, yeah, I, I just pretty much run direct. Um, so I have just mm-hmm. a little uh, radial DI, and I'll run direct into yeah. into the system. That's usually my, my setup. One thing um, that I just got was the HX Stomp. And I think they're, I don't know, you can probably find one used for 450 500 something like that. They have some good, like last weekend when I went to Bakersfield, I just brought the Stomp and one overdrive pedal, and it sounded really good. They had yeah. some, uh, Line 6 has some really good uh, amp simulators. Yep. Easier good. to travel with. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Which I thought yeah. the Kemper would be the all-time favorite travel rig, but, yeah. you know, flying American, it was going to be an extra 60 bucks to get it down there. So yeah. Each way? Well, 60 overall. 30 and 30? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if money wasn't an option, I'd I would definitely buy a Kemper. If nothing else, just to have that sweet head on my studio desk. <laughs> yeah. It's really pretty. They're getting cheaper and cheaper, which yeah. is the good news. I saw one for sale, uh, rack and remote for thirteen hundred. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Good. News Every, for anybody everyone. I know that has a Kemper, it's all everybody says good things about it. So. Yeah. That's so, what I try to do. I try to listen to the people that are smarter than me and then just go off. That's that. exactly what I do. <laughs> and steal their sounds too. That's yeah, a good thing exactly. about having a Kemper. That's a bonus. Yeah. Um, what um, in, uh, what doll do you use for recording? So I'm, I'm a Logic Pro guy. Um, I, uh, with my, with all of my graduation money, plus a little bit extra that I saved up, I bought my first Mac. And so I started using GarageBand, you know, because it's free. Um, and so the the transition from GarageBand to Logic was just a lot more natural. And uh, yeah, I didn't go and I didn't go to school for any kind of music or engineering or anything like that. So uh, you know, just my experience and my hands, all my hands on stuff has been all on on GarageBand and, and Logic. So that's my go to. I'd love to learn Pro Tools, but I uh, I just haven't haven't dove in yet. So. Yeah, pro. It's like one of those things where, if you, you know, like, it's like a language. So if you could talk to me in Spanish, but we both talk English, like, you know, would you learn Spanish just to talk? To me? That's a bad analogy. It's one of those things. Like, I get it. Okay, you know, it's it would take too much time to like learn for what it, it's worth. For what it's worth, yeah. Yeah, and and I think so, and that's probably why I haven't pulled the trigger. Um, time, and then obviously anything like that. There's costs associated with it too, but. Um, I've, I've just heard people say logic does some things better and pro tools does some things better. Yeah. Logic uh, does nothing better than pro tools. <laughs> maybe it's just, maybe it's yeah. just the people who come from logic <laughs> yeah, and they I'm can sure. just work faster in it yeah. and it's better for them that way. Maybe that's the case. So th- that's what it's been like Kurt's for me. I don't ever turned on logic. I, have. I don't. <laughs> I have. I have. Yeah. So that, that's what I use and it gets the job done. I, I need, I'm trying to, I'm in the process of, of trying to get a little bit better uh engineer producing stuff um so i definitely need to up my game but i'll probably hang out in logic for now yeah so you obviously you know you recorded tracks for me over the years people can reach out to you if they need acoustic guitar tracks recorded yeah so uh i would say accorded recording acoustic is like one of the things i feel pretty comfortable with mm-hmm. i think i i can get a good sound it sounds clean um uh so yeah if if anybody needs needs acoustic tracks definitely hit me up um I'm I'm definitely available for that, and I enjoy I enjoy doing that. I enjoy tracking acoustic and learning other people's songs and kind of, uh, you know, putting my own interpretation and arranging my my own kind of thoughts into into their stuff. So I enjoy that a lot. So when you record at home, do you mic your guitar up or? I do. Me and Colt were just talking um, about that. It's just, I mean, like for instance, with the with the J45, I really just don't like the pickup that's in it. I don't think it sounds great. Then there are some acoustics that the pickup's fine, but I just it always sounds better mic'd. Obviously, if you're playing like live on a platform or something, you know that's a little harder to accomplish. But in terms of if you have the control, you know, in a studio environment or isolated environment, uh, if you have the option to to mic it up, it's in my opinion always sounds better. Sounds fuller. You can hear more what the guitar was made to sound like, and not just a, a pickup, you know, inside yeah. the guitar. So I, yeah, I always, I always mic them up. I've played around with different mic setups. Um, right now, I think I'm a large diaphragm condenser in the sound hole and a small, small diaphragm somewhere on the neck. Um, that's kind of my my go to right now. But I've played around with like XY with two small diaphragms and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, all trial and error and preference stuff. So, 
I was gonna actually actually just a little side note. So if you have two guitars, two acoustics, do you tune one down or something like that? Or um you can. So like yeah, if like if there was a song I, I might play like a drop D tuning or something mm-hmm. would be super cool. And so I would have one guitar tuned to drop D, one tuned to standard. Um, or if I tuned to like an open tuning. So alternate tuning is definitely like you would utilize a second guitar for some, any kind of alternate tuning. But then also like in, in the terms of my Martin and my Gibson, the sounds are just totally different. So like for James Wilson's project, I had both of them standard tuning. I just picked a couple of songs that I thought the Gibson would sound a little cooler um, or or even just add a little different flavor so the acoustic didn't sound the same on every track. Yeah. Um, so I just picked two songs that I thought the sound profile of the Gibson would fit on. And I just, I switched them. Another thing that people don't always think about too much is if you break a string or do something like that, yeah. it's, it's nice to have a backup. Oh, uh, I never thought about that either. So if you're flying or something that makes it harder taking two guitars with you. But if you're driving, like why not take two of them and just at, at, at uh, worst case scenario, just have a backup in case something goes wrong. Nine so, volt dies or something. Um, have you heard of, I think it's Nashville tuning where they'll take a 12 string and just keep the higher strings on the guitar and track with it. Sounds super cool. I don't think Kurt's the one that told me about it. I thought you told me about it. Nope. So what what do they do? They take on a 12 string guitar. Yeah. So all, all, you know, it's E, A, D, G, B, E, but then they take a higher octave Mm -hmm. is what makes it a 12 string. So when you strum it, it sounds huge. But they'll take the low strings out mm. and just have all the octave higher and record with it, and it sounds really cool. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think I've I've heard of that. But so, I know we just did the record for James Wilson. What other records have you been on so far? Yeah. So just before James, like the month before, we did uh, Draylon Young's project up in Michigan. Uh, that was fun. Uh, so that that was. That was my first live recording, at least probably that somebody planned for me to be on. I was telling <laughs> I was telling Kurt back in like 2015, yeah. uh, I, I played on the General Conference live recording record, but it was, it seemed like it was, I don't know if somebody dropped off or they were like, oh man, we should get an acoustic player. And so I got, I got kind of a late call on that one. So I tried my best to learn not only the live recording songs, but all the praise and worship songs that were happening just for the services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, it was quite a long set list. So I, I guess technically that was a live recording. Although I told Kurt, if you know if those uh, stems exist somewhere, they should probably be burned. Actually, speaking of that, you know, you were talking about earlier that you like to be over prepared. Yeah. You know, well, I I always laugh. I still laugh at this. If you go on that album and listen to like Unspeakable Joy, <laughs> and like you know, there should be no acoustic on that song. There's acoustic on that song, and like in the breakdown sections, you can hear. If nothing else, I'm 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 chugging along. Yeah. <laughs> That's the J45, by the way. I'm pretty sure I was playing that on that song. That like every time I hear that, I laugh because I'm like, why did no one edit that out? Like, you, know? you gotta go, bro. You gotta play. Yeah, I'm on the record. I'm on the record. So yeah, so I did the general conference project uh, when they recorded the live album. I think it was 2015. It was in Nashville, actually. Um, I was there. So I did that project. Um, and then I think that one, Draylon Young's, and then James Wilson's, I think those are the only live projects I've been on. And then I've done some some studio tracks for for um, for Kurt for for this church, um, a couple of projects. I've done some some just like individual artist projects mm-hmm. for Kurt, um, and you know, kind of done some one off tracks here and there. So that's awesome. And you're a songwriter as well. You wrote one of the songs. On James's album, I did, yeah. So moving to Nashville, songwriting is always something I've been interested in. I remember, like, when I was younger, like a teenager, probably like starting to learn guitar, and um, you know, I always liked the idea of like writing your own song. So I would try to write songs, and like I felt like they were terrible, so cheesy. I would like ball up the paper and throw (laughs) it away, and get so frustrated. Um, And looking back, like that's probably you know that's probably. about where I am with songwriting. Like <laughs> I, I felt like it was something I was, was liked and was drawn to. Um, but I, I didn't feel like I was great at it. And over the past few years, you know, I've really gotten more interested in songwriting and try to be intentional about writing and get better at writing. You know, it's like anything else I listened to when you guys had Brittany Scott on and she was alluding to some of this stuff, you know, it's like anything else. Like if, 
you might have some like natural talent with something, but if you want to be better and great, you know, and, um, at that thing, you have to still practice, you know? So it's the same with songwriting. So I, I tried to be intentional about just spending more time songwriting, trying to do it more often. Um, and I, I felt like I've, you know, hopefully gotten a little bit better than, than me in my teenage years trying to write. Um, but I, I think I've realized over the, over the past year or so that I definitely wouldn't consider myself like a lyricist, you know, like I'm not just like one who writes poems, you know, in my journal and they're just like eloquent and, right. you know, just the, the most amazing words chocked full of imagery, you know, that just paint a picture for you. Like I'm not a lyricist. Um, but I like songwriting and I think I could still add value, you know, in a songwriting setting, but I think I'm more of like kind of the arrangement of the song and, and how the lyrics and the music work together. Um, so, so I definitely do uh, enjoy that. And I wrote all the songs on my EP. I wrote my, my single that came out and then I've, I've been trying to do some co-writing stuff just as much as I can. Obviously 2020 was a weird year and um, you know, anything in person, you know, obviously was affected and came to a halt. So we did some, some zoom rights and Skype rights and FaceTimes and stuff like that. But, um, trying to, trying to get more into co-writing. And, uh, I co-wrote a song with uh, a couple of friends of mine and James, uh, recorded it on his latest project. Um, and it is, it's called Holy Ground. And then I think he tags it, uh, with another song. I don't know if it'll be on the record as one song or, or two tracks, but, uh, yeah, so so I got the opportunity to write that, and and James wanted to use it, so I'm super grateful for that. Um, and then I've written I've written some other stuff, like uh, Ryan Johns did a did a solo like kind of artist project several years ago called Breathe Again, and I wrote a song that was on there. Oh, you did? I never knew that. Yeah, uh, it was called Everything. I think was the name of it. And then Gina McCool did an album a few years ago. Gina Suarez, now maybe mm-hmm. McCool Suarez. I don't know. Um, but she did a project a few years ago at Vanquish and, and she used a song that I, I believe I started it and sent it over. And I think maybe Chris Hardy might've finished it up. So we, uh, independently co-wrote that one. Um, and so, yeah, I, I try to songwrite as much as I can. It's, it's definitely something I want to do and, and do more of and co-write and, um, even maybe get more into like the producer writer. So get, get better at building tracks because uh, like I said, I feel like some of my strength is how the lyrics work with the music and the and the melody. And so if I can get better at building tracks, I think I could e- add even more value to a to a co-writing setting. So We had a few questions come in on Instagram. Did you? Like yeah, who is Brandon Marin? Yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> um, we've already got that out of the way. Cool. Uh, out of all the songs that you've written, which one means the most to you and why? Um. Let's see. I haven't written a ton. Like I said, I'm just not that lyricist. Um, if I had to choose one, I think they're all kind of, you know, special in their own way. Um, but if I had to choose one, maybe, maybe my latest single that I did, which is probably around a year old at this point. Um, and really, the only reason I would say that is just because kind of going into it. So my EP was was five tracks and it was I I knew going into it, I didn't I wasn't trying to write a worship album. I was trying to write something that was more like everyday listening, you know, still like Christ centered, you know, gospel very much, you know, like all the themes and things it talks about, but not necessarily something you would do in a praise and worship set. Um so I did, you know, I did that on my EP, but for the single, I, I like intentionally, uh, tried to write a praise and worship song. And so that was kind of my goal going into it. And, uh, and I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I, I like the content of it. Um, it, it's, it's about the name of Jesus kind of oneness kind of themes in it. Um, I like the way it turned out. I thought, I thought it came out well. Um, I thought it accomplished the goal of writing a worship song that other people could do in church. And then I was really happy with, you know, all the way to the end, the way the production happened and, and the final track, I thought it, it all came out well. So just, I guess only the, you know, the, the challenge of like, okay, I want to write a worship song, um, challenging myself to do that. And then feeling like, you know, that, that we did a pretty good job of making a good worship song. Um, so maybe that's why I would say that, why that one's my favorite, but hopefully I haven't written my favorite one. 
That's good. Who's your favorite Canadian co-writer? I'd have to say my favorite Canadian co-writer is Lenny Young. <laughs> uh, I've written with her, uh, I don't know, maybe more than I've written with, with anybody. Uh, she's a good friend, and I, I feel like we complement each other well, and our styles are similar. Um, she's super cool. We love her and her family. Um, got to meet and hang out with them the last time at Youth Congress. Um, yeah, they have a beautiful family. I'm trying to, trying to get them to to move a little further down south, but I think they're happy up in Canada. So, uh, but yeah, Eleni, Eleni's great, and hopefully I get to write with her her soon. It's been we too, can actually try too to get, long. Get her on the podcast. Yeah, but at the marked recording, but I heard she's not coming anymore. Oh man, Eleni. Yeah. So when she hears this, she could know she missed out. Uh-oh. That's true. Other <laughs> other than Eleni coming in a close second will be Kurt. Yeah. He's my <laughs> second favorite Canadian co-writer. Yeah. Um, who are some musicians or musical artists that inspire you? Well, I hope I don't get any flack for this, but <laughs> when I was first learning to uh, to play guitar, which, like I said, was probably 13 or 14, I don't even know how I came in contact or heard uh, any of John Mayer's music. But, um, you know, when I, that was probably around maybe, I mean, he might have been on like his second or third album, mm-hmm. but he was a newer artist. Uh, but just like he's a great acoustic player, great songwriter, great electric player. Um, so I think that's what kind of drew me to him, just his playing and his writing um, and his singing. He's kind of singer-songwriter. Um, but yeah, I just, I liked his playing. I liked his style. And so I always kind of like gravitated toward him and followed his music, um, you know, all through the years. And mm-hmm. he's, he he was definitely somebody that that I would, uh, I, I would dig into his songs and a lot of the stuff I, I, learn and played on guitar, I could probably trace it back to to a John Mayer yeah. song. Yeah, um, I, I don't know who he is, but um, I got a guitar that's got his name on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. makes a good guitar. guitar I guess. I don't, uh, you know, I don't condone any any of his uh, personal choices or, or lifestyle <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> choices, but uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of his music and just his artistry, like he's, he's a, uh, he's, like I said, he's just, he's a tremendous um, songwriter, obviously tremendous guitar player. And I, I was reading or watching something that, um, that said like he didn't start singing until like super, super late. And he just like started singing one day cause he wanted to sing his own songs. And he's like a really good singer, <laughs> especially considering that. So he just does everything really well. And so I've always been a big fan. Um, I mean, I'm, there's, there's a lot of, one thing I've always done growing up is is just listen to music and listen to like just all kind of different music. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of like specific albums or songs, you know, that I could point to that I would say like inspired me, you know, um, through different like phases or seasons or whatever right. in, in my life. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if any, if anybody, uh, if anybody jumps out as like yeah, the guy or or the band, um, I just I love music. I love all kind of music, and I just try to I really try to listen to as much music as I can. Same. We have a rapid fire section. I'm ready for it. Are you ready? How many passes do I get? None. <laughs> um, this is season two. Yeah, oh man, yeah, new rules. The rules have changed. New year, new rules. Have, you have ten seconds. You can no longer call a friend. Yeah. No passing. Just like, yeah, no passing. I like it. Let's go. Go, Kurt. Favorite Ooh. coffee drink? Um, A latte. Latte, no Time's sugar. Up. That's my go-to. Favorite Nashville restaurant? Man, I, yeah, I've heard this question on the other podcasts, and I was like, I should come up with the answer for that, and I never did. <laughs> Favorite Nashville restaurant? I'll say this. So, like I said, we live in, in Smyrna, which is just, you know, like we're probably 20 minutes from downtown. Um, so I'll say in Smyrna, Tennessee, real close to my house is a restaurant called Yummy Poke and they have like hibachi, poke bowls, sushi, all kind of stuff like that. That's my favorite restaurant right now. All right. Next. What's your favorite Colombian dish? Colombian dish, man. I don't even know if I know the Colombian name for it. Um, well, if any Colombian item, I'd have to say, I'd have to say, hmm, man, this is tough because Colombian food is is amazing. I'd have to say empanadas. So uh, just kind of my favorite item. 
But as far as a dish, and I don't even know the name of the dish because it's in Spanish and uh, I'm too white, apparently. <laughs> it's, a, it's a plate that has white rice, you know, beans and salad and black beans, salad, all kind of stuff on it. But it's, a, it's like a breaded pork. Um, and it, it's like a piece of sounds pork, piece of good. pork breaded, breaded, and I think it's like probably deep fried. So that's why. All it's right, so if good. anybody knows, please. Yeah, hope yeah. Up. If you know the name of that dish, I could I could point to it on a menu, but I can't. <laughs> I couldn't recall to it out of it memory. Does sound good. Uh, do they fry bananas there? Plantain. Yeah, plantain. Is that what it's called? Are those different than bananas? Yeah. Plantains or or platanos? Maybe that's the same thing, but. I like plantains a lot. I just, I just like to show everybody how smart I am. Yeah, you are smart. That was good. Thanks, guys. I didn't know uh, if it was like a banana or not. is texting me right now as we speak saying that she found out you can make plantains in an air fryer. Yeah, we were just talking just about it. My brother sent me I don't know fryer. if I trust an air fryer. No. You should. If, yeah. Because you've made, never used one. I have. You have? You haven't used the right one. Yeah. I haven't used the right one. Air fryers are mad. I got one for Christmas last year and put uh, chicken strips in it. They were disgusting. No. Man. My brother sent me one and like I just took it out of the box and used it immediately. It's it amazing. Like, yeah. All right. We make everything. I want to keep I want to keep trying. <laughs> Who's your favorite preacher? Daryl Johns. Nice. Prayers go out to Daryl Johns. He's yeah. not feeling well right Prayers now. Prayers for, for Brother Johns. <laughs> Who's your favorite songwriter? Not named Brandon Marin. Well, I'm not my favorite songwriter, <laughs> so um favorite songwriter, man. Maybe maybe not my favorite. Maybe he is because it's the first name that came to my mind. But growing up, I was always a huge Switchfoot fan. Um, and John Foreman's just an amazing songwriter. Um, I feel like he is a lyricist. Like if you read his lyrics, you're just like, what in the world? Like yeah. who comes up with that kind of stuff? Um, so John John Foreman's always been a favorite of mine. So cool. What's your favorite podcast you've been on? The Convo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for gotcha. sure. Yeah. Um, a lot to choose from, but yeah. this one would definitely <laughs> rank up at the top. What size hoodie do you wear? I'm ga- I've been gaining a lot of weight the past few years, so uh, I'm probably up to a medium. All right, we got you. We got you, man. Appreciate that. Any parting words? No, um, I don't think so. I'm God, excited God's about been tw- good. I'm ex- God's been good. He kept us through 2020. God blessed us through 2020. I don't, you know, maybe not everybody has that testimony, but um, you know, we moved to Nashville a year ago. Uh, and it was really a leap of faith for us. And there was a lot of reasons why we did, um, you know, music related. And my wife got a job opportunity there. And we'd really been feeling like God has been, had been just kind of like stirring in us for transition and, and change. And so one thing led to another and, you know, and it, it was, it was made it possible for us to make that move and feel good about it, feel comfortable about it, leaving Atlanta, leaving a great church, leaving all our family, um, and then, yeah, we moved there and like a couple months later, you know, we have a global pandemic. And, uh, but yeah, through all of that, God, God just really blessed us. And I feel like we're where we're supposed to be. And, you know, we certainly don't have everything figured out. Everything's not ironed out. Um, you know, I'm still figuring out musically, like, you know, just God opened the right doors, you know, mm-hmm. has been my prayer for that and wanting to get involved in music, but, you know, still not sure what that looks like, but at the same time, you know, I feel like we're right where God wants us to be. And we had a great year last year. Um, I feel like God blessed us and took care of us. And through all the craziness, you know, uh, we learned a lot, got to experience a lot, got to spend some time with the family, which was really nice. Um, so I'm excited about 2021. I expect, you know, God to continue to to do uh, His will and what He wants to do. And that's that's my prayer every day that, you know, God would, His will would be accomplished in my life, not my own. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited about 2021. It's going to be a big year for the podcast. I know it's huge. It. We're believing it. Oh yeah, yeah. The so. the pandemic's not over yet. It's not. But, it's still going. But yeah, I mean, but we pray that you keep getting new opportunities and God continues that. to bless you guys. I appreciate Got that. Got a new baby coming on your birthday. So yep. sounds like it's going to be a great year. That's, that's going to be a little bit, bit of a big deal. So. Prayers, uh, prayers appreciated for that. Yeah. Number three. Number three. Yeah. Moving to the zone defense. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say ask Kurt for advice, but he's not there yet either. I'm so. too. I think I'm too old for anyone. <laughs> yeah, man, they're, uh, they're not for the faint of heart. Yeah. But we love our kids. They're, they're awesome. For all of the hard work and annoying stuff they do and, you know, all that, you know, uh, 
all the cute stuff they do and them saying things like they love you and yeah. being super sweet and being hilarious. It's like, it's all worth it. Lucas told me last night before we went to bed, hey, dad, when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to wake myself up in the middle of the night so I can give you kisses. <laughs> oh. I was like, okay. The other yeah. day he came in uh, Kurt's room and he had on uh, sunglasses, a backpack yeah. and something else. And he was going on tour. He's going on tour. Let's go. He's going to tour. To, to tour. tour. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's awesome. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor and Ellen, they, they say some of the cutest stuff and it's just like, are you serious? Like, where do they even learn that? Yeah, you know, yeah. like not for me. But yeah, they're they're awesome. Kids are awesome. After you're married, yeah. <laughs> Holiness is still right. Come on. <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for stopping by and chatting with us today. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on. Hope, hopefully, you can kill something this week with your bow. That's yeah. right. Probably so, not. <laughs> so we're gonna head over to the combo shop and get you a, a yeah. hoodie real quick. All right. All right. Now that I got my guy fixed up, sitting here in Columbus, Ohio. Yep. And we're here for Mark Crowder's recording, Faith Over Fear. It's happening this Friday night. January 15th. January 15th, 7.30 p.m. If you're anywhere in the area, it's probably sold out. But you can come watch from outside of the building. Yeah, just listen. Check us out. So we've been here rehearsing. We got here Monday. And we it's starting to sound pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. I think we're locked in nice and early. What do you think? Yeah, I think it sounds good. We've got all of our friends representing in Convo merch. Yep. So. Well, check us out tomorrow. When the podcast drop checks the Convo, we're going to have some really cool yeah, pictures. Yeah, watch, watch for a special We have a surprise. Update. We have a surprise. So um, next week, we got a very special guest all, all the way, way from, from Houston. Houston, Texas, Luis Pacheco. Yeah. <laughs> He's a multi-instrumentalist, singer. Songwriter. YouTube sensation. <laughs> Definitely YouTube sensation. Uh, we don't know what instrument he plays. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff. He's we're going to... He's going to be very helpful. We're going to figure out what this guy plays mainly. Is it? That's not. Well, Colton. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Combo KNC. Also check out the Combo Shop. TheCombokc.com. Go get a hoodie, hat, coffee mug, whatever you prefer. We've got it. 